Welcome to the Bill Kelly Podcast, critical discussions in critical times. Here's your host, Bill Kelly. And welcome. This is another edition of the Bill Kelly Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Kelly. Good to have you with us today. Uh, this is not a news story that I want to discuss today, uh, because sadly it's been going on for quite some time. But uh, every now and then, uh, we have one of these mammoth announcements about media or lack of media after the announcement, of course, and we have to wonder about, uh, well, the short-term and long-term implications of that. Uh, the story, of course, that we're referencing is uh, last week, Bell Media uh, is ending multiple television newscasts and making other programming cuts after its parent company announced widespread layoffs and the sale of 45 of its 103 regional radio stations. Joining us to talk about this is somebody who spent uh, most of his life in uh, the media. That is John Best. John, of course, is the publisher of the Bay Observer and uh, also, by the way, a former news director at CHCH-TV. And uh, like so many of us, of course, uh, dabbled and, and got his start in the radio business too many, many moons ago. John, great to have you with us today. Thanks for joining us on the show. Great to be with you, Bill. Uh, I, I got to admit, and, I, and forgive my cynicism on this, uh, as saddened as I was by this announcement last week, I wasn't surprised. I mean, this is this is a trend here, isn't there? Well, there certainly is. Uh, uh, BCE uh, indicated that they uh, are losing something like $40 million on their news. Now, that would be across multiple stations right across the country. I don't know if they have 20 probably close to 20 stations or 15 at least. So they're losing $40 million. Uh, and, and when I heard that, uh, the, the thought that flashed through my head is, uh, I'm not sure that news ever was a, was a great moneymaker uh, for any television company other than perhaps CFTO, who had uh, very dominant ratings in, in the Toronto market and still do. And but in in that era, uh, you know, when I was operating a, a quite a large newsroom, uh, the, the the sense was that uh, this that was the price that a station paid for the privilege of airing all this American programming in prime time, uh, for which they made a ton of money, and uh, so it was really the cost of doing business, and it was a community service, and all that's gone out the window to some degree now because. Um, they're not making that much money on their prime time schedules anymore. And, and uh, although, you know, overall um, Bell Media, which is their radio and TV division, is still profitable, but the news is not. And uh, I guess what I'm thinking uh, along those lines is, you know, they, it never made money. Uh, and now they're, they're sort of using it, I think, as a wedge to try to get the CRTC to back off on uh, something that's got nothing to do with the television business necessarily. It's this whole uh, business of their fiber network and the fact that they're being forced to share it with these little startup companies. Uh, they don't like the price they're getting. And uh, they seem to be using that as a club to, to sort of beat the CRTC over the head with. And, uh, you know, the CRTC is not the colossus that it was in, in our day, uh, where everybody quaked at uh, getting a rebuke from the CRTC. They seem to be pretty much toothless these days. A couple of things about that. And, and by the way, I find it more than ironic and, and quite sad, frankly, 
that uh, we've talked about Bell Media and their approach to the CRTC uh, and the sharing with fiber optic networks. Uh, their granddaddy, uh, which was just Bell Telephone, whined and bitched to the CRTC for years about being forced to share their infrastructure uh, with startup companies too. And, and you know, they say, well, it's going to put us out of business. I don't think so. It hasn't happened. Uh, but they're always going to be like that. Anytime anything cuts into the profit margin, uh, they're going to go into something like this. But to your point, as as a longtime newsie, I don't think news was ever supposed to make money. It was it was supposed to be, and I, I, I'm going to use a term here that probably doesn't apply, but I think just to give our, our, our listeners and our viewers a sense, news is supposed to be a public service. And 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 in my day, when I back when I started in this business, which is a long time ago now, uh, you weren't even allowed to have newsca- uh, commercials and newscasts. It was separate and apart, especially on the radio. Uh, you were allowed to have a news ca- uh, commercial at the end of it if you want to make a couple of bucks there, but it was solid, no commercials. It had to be just about news. It was information. It was a public service to inform the public of what's going on. And somebody, and I, I, I'm tempted to go and blame Rune Arnage from ABC, all of a sudden decided that, no, 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 what, news should be part of programming because uh, that way we can put them all into one package and sell it all and make a lot more money. Uh, and I think that was the beginning of the end for that. Now other... Uh, you know, the CRTC and other agencies, the, the FCC down in the States, have lumped those things together. And I think the whole concept of delivering news uh, has been lost over the years. It, it's certainly been lost. And and not only with this most recent example, you go. So as I understand what's happening with BCE, uh, large markets like London, Kitchener, Windsor, are now going to have no local news from Friday night until Monday night. Uh, there's there's going to be no news at all, uh, which is you know those are those are metropolitan markets that that are losing uh, two days of news coverage. I mean we're you know at least in Hamilton we, we you now the radio stations are not providing news on the weekend. They're not providing local news on the weekend. They're they're providing syndicated news uh regional news uh but to to go all weekend with no coverage of anything uh in those markets is uh really uh, we've not seen anything like that and then you add to that the um the collapse of metroland which was providing the only local news that the entire horseshoe around the greater Toronto, we're talking Halton, Peel, Durham, York, all those communities uh, within, you know, city like Mississauga, 700,000 people, no local news outlet whatsoever, other than citizen journalism and, and a bit of an online thing that they're trying to do. Uh, you know, it's just not the same. You don't have people covering council meetings. It's um, local news is uh, is in serious trouble, Bill, and I don't I don't see a, a quick answer, frankly. Well, uh, when I was on Hamilton City Council, this was a number of years ago, of course, uh, is sitting in there in the horseshoe of seats there where council would, would do their business, and up on what we called Press Row, which was a, a, a section uh, in the audience there uh, for the spectators, where all the media would sit. And then back in those days, you'd see seven, eight, ten people as as journalists covering the meeting. Uh, I don't think they need more than two seats there right now because there's nobody covering. The ones that are there now, or as you say, 
Uh, they're just doing stuff on in social media right now. They are they're not working for an agency per se. They're just there because maybe they do a blog or something like that. Uh, it's changed, and I get that. I'm not one of these dinosaurs that say I wish it was like it back in the old days. No, no, no. Things have to change. And things have to evolve. But are we the better for it? And are we getting information right now? And, th and I know we're kind of bleeding into the debate about what's uh, what's opinion and what's fact. Uh, and I think that's being blurred even more so by the fact right now that, that there seems to be a lack of credibility in, in what's going on with journalism. Yeah, it's a serious problem. They, they were running a story on the weekend where uh, with the use of AI, somebody had put a, a package together that sounded like uh, Joe Biden, but it was saying something totally outrageous and something that Joe Biden wouldn't say, but it's very convincing. Um, you get uh, emails uh, all the time. I'm sure you get them as well, where you, you're you sort of halfway through it and then you realize that it's just a total scam. Mm -hmm. uh, there, there's just so much uh, misinformation, disinformation uh, coming our way now that, you know, at a time when we need some kind of curated news, uh, it's diminishing. And I, I really, you know, you look at, for example, uh, Hamilton City Hall has something like 15 communications people uh, working and you know, maybe, as you say, two media people. Uh, the one point I would make there is simply, you know, if the media is disappearing at this rapid rate, I'm not sure you need 15 PR people anymore. So it, it could become another endangered profession. Uh, you know, PR always existed to manipulate media, uh, and the media are disappearing faster than we can keep up with. Well, I, I see another side to that coin, too, though. I mean, as, as the, the role of media has diminished, uh, I can see elected officials particularly uh, leaning more towards uh, communications, I'll use that term loosely, to spin. Uh, in other words, instead of getting a an objective uh, point of view, here's here are the facts about what this policy is or this this council decision is. You're getting that counselor spin on it, and of course, they're always going to make it look like as if they're the heroes, they're the ones that did this, and this is all going to be one wonderful. There's there's no analysis going on right now because there's nobody to do the analysis. So you know you're inundated with with information that's usually. Uh, slanted in favor of, of the elected official or the corporation, you know, whether it's a politician or a CEO of a company, whatever the case might be. And, and there's nobody here to scrutinize it. No, it's, uh, you know, it's really quite disturbing. I mean, you know, you've got guys like me that are still trying to, uh, you know, put out messaging and, and, and try to, you know, provide some objectivity around uh, what's going on. But these, these major publicly funded institutions are going to have a field day. And I, I look at markets like uh, Burlington, Oakville, Mississauga, Brampton, huge uh, uh, corporations that are that even now have virtually no coverage other than citizen journalism. And, uh, you know, that we haven't figured out the rules yet for citizen journalism. People like you and I who you know, came up in a in a in a more traditional uh, media environment around journalism. Uh, probably still work with the same set of rules that 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 always worked. But a younger generation of citizen journalists are not uh, in any way tied to that. And and then the other problem you have is that the community colleges are shutting down journalism programs. So we're, we're going to end up, there, there's going to be nobody in the pipeline after we're sort of moved on. 
you know, I don't know where even the citizen journalists will come from, or at least citizen journalists that, that understand journalism the way, you know, I, I think it should be understood, which is objective and fair and truthful. And I know there's some been some criticism and some of it valid about journalism in the past. And, uh, you know, they're, they're you know, skewing everything because they're liberal minded, smaller liberal conservative minded, whatever the case might be. And, and there was an element of that, I guess. So, uh, I haven't been accused also factual of that recently. Did you? <laughs> no, I say I haven't been accused of that <laughs> myself, <laughs> but, but you're right. That that's the general view of the media is. That yeah, it, and, and if somebody doesn't like it, uh, okay, that's fine. You may disagree with it, but the, there was a time when, well, you know, go there, 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 and there, there's lots of other media sources covering this. Uh, you know, if you wanted to cover a, a story from Hamilton city hall or, or London city hall or Toronto city hall, uh, you would invariably have representatives from usually the newspapers that were involved and, uh, they're in London, Toronto, for that matter, had a dozen of them at the time and, and the radio stations. So you would get a variety of opinions and, and sometimes a variety of perspectives. I mean, it might be the same story factually, but a different spin on it, depending on which institution they're on. They're not there anymore. No. Uh, so, so, and I get that, that a lot of people are going into social media as a result. Uh, but are you going there to get the facts? Are you going there to find somebody who's going to have a similar opinion to the one that you already have? And and what facts, and I use that term again, are you basing that opinion on? Or are you basing it on any facts? It, it just seems as if the, the, the guardrails that were in place, uh, and they weren't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, uh, seem to be uh, evaporating. Well, they are. And, you know, uh, I mean, if we look at the United States, uh, we're, we're in a situation where it almost appears like 40-odd uh, percent of the country has lost its mind. Uh, where facts mean nothing, uh, lies are, you know, even though we've got we've got video of what happened on January the seventh, you know, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, people are simply uh, not going to be convinced by anything. They, you know, they're. I mean, the the craziness that we're seeing now. It. I, I thought of this over the weekend that. Uh, you know, I, I think we all scratched our heads in, in history class to wonder how a country like Germany, uh, the, you know, such an orderly, well-educated, uh, prosperous country, how they could lose their mind for 10 years between 1935 and 1945. But when, when we look south, uh, you're almost seeing the same thing with, with almost half the population seemingly oblivious to any kind of uh, facts, any kind of evidence, they simply don't care. And and now we're seeing not the same, but we're starting to see a bit of it in our Canadian politics where uh, it's all slogans, it's all buzzwords, and, and uh, you can't really believe almost anything you hear uh, from uh, politicians of both stripes, all stripes. And, and I know that people are going to watch this particular segment and they're going to, you know, oh, there's just a couple of old newsies and they're just pining for the old days. Uh, and, and fine, if that's your opinion, but the, the concern I've got now is not just as a journalist who's a blogger now, uh, but as a citizen, I, I want to be able to be informed. I want to know what's going on at city hall in whatever community in which you're living. Uh, you know, I want to know where the money's being spent. I want to know, uh, where the money is coming from. I mean, that's all about accountability and it's very, very difficult, uh, to, to maintain that 
accountability uh, when when you don't have anybody that's that's reporting on it and doing the scrutiny and doing the work on this. Uh, you know, it's as one of my uh, former media buddies mentioned to me the other day as we were talking about this dilemma after the Bell announcement, said if the media back in 1970 was in the same position and the same conundrum that it is right now, would Woodward and Bernstein have undercovered Watergate? No. Uh, I doubt it. They wouldn't even have been on the case uh, because there wouldn't have been reporters in situations like that. Uh, and 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 there's a long, long list of things that have, that have shaped our countries and our future uh, that have been the result of, of, of excellent journalism. Some of it uncomfortable. I mean, a lot of the time when you're getting down in the mud to find the truth, it gets dirty and some people can get burned. I get that. But it's something that absolutely positively had to happen to make sure that we got to the to the truth and found out what's going on. That's becoming less and less likely right now uh, because of the fact that resources are being yanked out of this. And to your point about Bell, you know, their 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 rationale for this is what they're they're losing all kinds of money. No, they're not. They're making a ton of money. Uh, and they've decided that, okay, we're going to segment this off and, and simply say, well, this is where our losses are. Well, just like, you know, when we're talking about political spending, John, there's only one taxpayer. Well, there's only one shareholder there too. And these guys had the audacity within 24 hours of saying 4,800 people are being fired and a bunch of radio stations are going to be let go of telling that they were going to restructure now so they could offer higher dividends to their shareholders. Like that tells you exactly what their priorities are here now. Well, I think I think we've seen that in in so many areas where uh, th this whole notion of of shareholder value there there used to be uh, you know a, kind of a continuity, slow growth that kind of thing. Um, you know, the people that ran large corporations were were focused certainly on the bottom line, but they were they were always long term, long range thinkers. Now, uh, organizations literally lurch from quarter to quarter, and uh, as a result, you get these uh, these very drastic decisions being taken. And you know, we've. Uh, I mean, I understand that uh, news media doesn't make a lot of money, but uh, the, part of the problem we're having here is when you're dealing with companies like Rogers and Bell they don't care much about image anymore because obviously this thing is a terrible black eye, mm -hmm. but they, you know, if we've got a, basically a duopoly in this country, two companies, Rogers and Bell, and, and largely we decide which of them to use uh, based on which one pisses us off the least. Uh, because at that are, given time, yeah, at that they given tend to moment, rotate, don't they? Yeah. Well, they, they've all outsourced their customer service to their customers <laughs> So, you know, um, and, and so they're, they're really like utilities. They're like big hydro companies. They only get, like a BCE only gets something like a 12th of its revenue out of its TV and radio. So their focus is on fiber. It's on satellite. It's on, uh, it's not even on programming. It's, it's, uh, you know, uh, it's, uh, really just like a like a large public it's like a gas company really in many ways and this is just uh, a tiny little piece of their business and they they simply uh, don't see any reason to fear public uh, notoriety at all 
Well, because there are no ramifications to it. I mean, that's the reason why. And we're, I mean, we're talking about Bell because this this the latest one. But I mean, as you mentioned, they've all done it uh, for the same quote unquote reason, uh, and that's because they say they're that they're bleeding money and they're not. Uh, you can hive off any any division of any company and say, well, that's not performing as well as it should, so we're going to simply eliminate it, and as if that's going to fix the problem. And as I told you before, after the, you know the last time that uh, one of these companies went through this, I think it was Rogers at the time. Uh, if they gave a damn about broadcasting and about their, their duty to the public, and I don't think they do, uh, they wouldn't say, okay, the best way to solve this problem is to eliminate and fire, uh, the people that are delivering the product. Uh, you know, in other words, you know, we don't need Lisa Lafayette anymore. We don't need this anymore. We don't need these people anymore. The only reason those people tune into the TV or to the radio is to hear those people because they have a respect for them. You eliminate them and you give those, the, the people in the public, no reason to actually tune in or be a part of it. So, I mean, it's, it's, it seems to be as almost a self-destructive attitude that they're taking. And I don't think they give a shit, except they always want to come back. And you've heard it again, the day after this announcement, they go back and say, well, if Ottawa had given us all the money that we've been begging for, I don't, I don't think they should get a nickel. I mean, the, is anybody in, in Parliament Hill or the CRTC or in Parliament Hill Committee have the backbone to tell these guys, you know what, you're shitty managers. We're not giving you any more money because you piss it away or give it to yourselves or to your senior managers at the expense of the, of the job you're supposed to be doing. That That's the bottom line here. That's the foundation. And nobody seems to want to talk about that dirty little secret. Well, uh, you know, what their the current message, and it was right in the, the letter that uh, BCE put out, they're essentially saying, you forced us to share our fiber services with these little startup companies, uh, and uh, therefore, we're going to punish you by taking away broadcast news. But as somebody pointed out to me, yes, they, they are being asked to share uh, the, the fiber with, uh, with other companies, but those companies are paying. And, and so they're out there scrambling for customers, these little companies. And so indirectly, they are also customers of Bell because they're using the system and Bell's getting paid for it. So we're really talking about a tiny margin between, you know, what Bell would get if they sold directly to the customer and and what they're getting from the, 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 the little startup uh, cable company. So it, we're really talking about tiny uh, amounts of money and uh you know, those customers may have never come to Bell in the first place. You you could almost say that these little startups are are generating business for Bell, uh, albeit they're they're get, they're obviously being partially subsidized by the rates. But uh, you know, I I think that's really the issue here. You've got a company that's really not in the broadcast television business, uh, and you know the other thing is with streaming. Uh, which has now become, you know, it's almost displacing television in many ways. Uh, you know, these companies, because they provide the cable or the fiber, uh, they are, you know, if, if streaming becomes the, the new world, then they're going to benefit from that. So they win both ways. They still have the broadcast television and radio, but they're also a, a necessary part of the streaming universe. And by the way, we should clarify, just because I've heard a lot of speculation and seen a lot of it on social media over the last couple of days, uh, when they say they're shutting down this long list of uh, of radio stations, 45 
of the 103 that they own, uh, not all of them are going to shut the lights out. I mean, some of these stations are going to be purchased by other entities. There are smaller broadcast institutions here. Uh, I don't know that there's enough of them to, to take up the slack here. I think some of these things are probably destined for at some point to, to simply be deactivated, and that's tragic. And the 4,800 job losses is something else altogether different. Uh, but the statement, I guess, that, that was the takeaway for a lot of us here uh, came from one of the big poobahs at, uh, at Bell after this, saying that they no longer see radio as a viable entity here in this country. Uh, I don't agree with that. I, I think radio done properly and radio done uh, with the passion and, and with the the, de the desire to try to produce a product that the public can use, if they if that was their goal, radio can and should be a part of the future. I mean, they, they, John, they've been talking about the demise of radio since television was invented. They say, well, that's it, you know, and it wasn't. Uh, radio's actually had resurgences over those years as well. But if it's going to be poorly managed and run into the ground by the people that are calling the shots, uh, I, you know, it, it is going to be problematic. But that's a self-fulfilling prophecy, isn't it? Well, yeah, and you know they they actually have found buyers for for most of those forty five stations, but they're being and they're they're being sold to generally speaking smaller, uh, non corporate kind of uh, broadcasters. So, for instance, CKLH in Hamilton is being sold to an Oakville company, which right now has two signals: one's religious and the other one's ethnic. So you look at that, and uh, I see that the, the ownership are claiming that they're going to keep the formats. Uh, but just to your comment about the Bell executive that said the radio isn't making money, uh, you know, in the case of, of CKLH, uh, K-Light, and now called The Bounce, uh, it was always like number one or number two in the market. In fact, it was number one for years mm -hmm. and, and has only started to be number two sort of back and forth in the last couple of years. And is he saying that a station that's got the best ratings in the market uh, is not financially viable? Uh, I, that would be very concerning to me about, you know, uh, what, what's going on with the, you know, just what is the economic model that works now? And maybe these smaller broadcasters uh, can figure out a way of making that work. Well, it's it's going to be fascinating to see how this rolls out, but I'm I'm I was very concerned uh, to hear about some of the comments and 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 as I say, this is not a one-off. Uh, all the big players in in media in this country and and it happens in the states too. I'm I'm sure uh, are are of the same ilk right now. Uh, you know, they protect their own asses when it comes to the corporate decisions. And, you know, the people in the ivory towers are still making tons of money and they're still getting their bonuses. We saw that happen with the CBC story. Remember a couple of months ago, right. uh, that after they chopped a whole bunch of, of jobs and, and, and services, uh, they again had the audacity to talk about, oh, by the way, our managers are still getting all their bonuses. Uh, for a job well done, is that what you're saying? <laughs> uh, you know, it, it that's got to change. And and it, like you say, I understand that the CRTC probably doesn't have uh, the the oomph behind it that they used to have. Uh, but whose fault is that? I mean, you know, that's that's government, that's the agency itself, and some rather questionable decisions about that. And uh, we've reached a rather precarious position with media right now. And we can spend probably John the next five years arguing about whose fault it is. Uh, I'd much rather the conversation became directed towards what are we going to do to fix it? And I don't think we're there yet. No, the, the economic model is, is broken and uh, it's going to take a while, I think, for us to figure it out. And I'm not sure what the media landscape is going to look like uh, 
over the next 10 years. Very uncertain. Well, and that's uh, unfortunate because I think it's the, it's the public uh, who need to be informed and, and for the most part want to be informed uh, that are going to be the losers in this whole scenario. John Best from the Bay Observer. John, as always, thanks so much for joining us on the program today. Really appreciate it. My pleasure, Bill. And that's the way we see it. That's this edition of the Bill Kelly Podcast. You can find us wherever you get your favorite podcast. Spread the word. And we'll talk again soon. Take care. Bill Kelly Podcast brought to you by Wizens Law, personal injury lawyers. Listen, you didn't choose to get injured, but you can choose the right lawyer. Wizens Law, 905-522-1102 or wizenslaw.com.